welcome to machine learning. So I want to talk about Entity Framework core and Entity Framework Power Tools. So what Entity Framework core does is you can take class structures and relationships in those classes, create a DB context subclass, and then uh, connect to a database SQL Server, and depending on the driver that you're using, it will generate the uh, SQLs to create the database. So there's on SQL Server, there's a command called create database, and you give it um, different parameters for the data file and log files and and different properties of the database. But the uh, entity framework.core will um, set up those defaults for you. <clears throat> then what it does is you can use migrations to create um, tables, indexes, foreign keys, and different constraints that it finds in the class definition. Um, Entity Framework or Entity Framework Power Tools also has a reverse capability so you can reverse these the existing database schema and create the uh, class structures which you then can access uh, from link and this is really nice because um, this gives you the power to do all your database transactions within an object uh, model paradigm so you, you build your model you interact with the model, and then it will generate the sequels for uh, create, read, add, update, and delete. Um, so, so those are the kind of the power of, of migrations. Now you can also get the reverse engineer from uh, using the scaffold scaffold command in the migrations tool or you can generate a SQL from the existing model the class model that you have and that SQL then <coughs> can be reviewed by an administrator and run in a script on the database in production so that way you don't have any catastrophic problems. So you can do use migrations in your development environment to make modifications to the schema. And once you've got those modifications refined, then you can be applied into production. So it allows for the database to be changed without having to know a lot about database administration. So you could create a lot of these scripts uh, by typing them out, or you could use 
the knowledge that's encapsulated within the entity framework power tools to do it. All right, so why is that important? Well, because systems are getting bigger, more complex, you're getting more classes, uh, you're working in bigger teams, more changes are occurring, and as these changes are occurring, um, they have to be loosely coupled so that that uh, one developer can make a change and another one can make a change. And then you can see um, a history log of all the changes that have been applied to the schema. So you can, you can see that uh, maybe a database field was added or um, length on a field was changed or a constraint was added or an index was created to improve performance. So those, those type of things are logged in the migrations and it um, allows you to see kind of a, uh, from a configuration standpoint, a control repository standpoint, you can see all of the changes that occurred in your database and you can kind of replay backwards what, uh, what changes occurred and how that may be impacting your code base. So for example, you should, probably shouldn't be deleting fields. Uh, you should be adding new fields or adding new tables. So then you could migrate your code over to the new table. One of the other things I really liked when I was working with the Entity Framework Power Tools is stored procedures. Um, it can reverse engineer a stored procedure will really well. So the way it does it is um, it will create a virtual function. And then in your, uh, it builds a, a procedure class and inside there, you have a virtual function to your stored procedure and it has that as a, a wraparound to the execute store procedure call. And it will then return back a, a result set of a specific type depending on what your store procedure is returning back. So you could define your store procedure returning back um, a table so you could insert that into a table and then return it back or you could just return it back a SQL statement. Now the disadvantage of just returning back just an SQL result set is that you don't have a contract and so things could change. Someone could come in and add additional field and then you'd be responsible for uh, syncing up your migrations again. So it's probably a better idea when you have a stored procedure and you're gonna return back results to return them back as a uh, tables, table set. So you would, uh, you would define your, your table and then uh, you would have it return, the stored procedure returned as that table type definition and then you have a contract so that if if the 
if there's additional fields that are added that you can sync up to that that new uh, new definition configuration management is really becomes more of a challenge as you get to a bigger organization and you're you're handling and trying to leverage more code to do more across the organization so extensibility is very important to your architecture and as we were talking about the factory model yesterday the goal of the factory model is to be able to build lots of subclasses that can be um, developed in isolation and then integrated as a subclass that the uh, factory the abstract factory becomes aware of through reflections and that's that's a really nice approach and I was actually thinking when I have worked with uh, with the factory pattern is that uh, um, I use interfaces and so the way I was able to know which uh, which concrete class to instantiate was based on an interface. So I was trying to do it a lot like the way uh, uh, dependency injection works, that you pass in the interface and then it, from the interface, it resolves the um, concrete to the concrete class. And again, the, the whole point of this is to to create extensibility across the whole uh, the whole company, and as you start building up the more code into your application, and the code object-oriented code is more extensible, this is really good because then the company can use more functionality, uh, more universal. And it doesn't require special customization because customization is extremely expensive to do and it's hard to leverage when you have a set of well-known APIs that can be um, exposed and consumed then you get a better um, you get a better usage for of the of the algorithms. So the object-oriented can handle more of the business uh, demands. It can keep up with more of the business velocity of change. So that, you know, you're adding new subclasses and you don't have to worry about uh, the new subclasses breaking the old subclasses. And so you want to keep things isolated separation of concerns and in domains and then eventually use microservices to keep things um, isolated and so it's still scalable so then you can apply different teams to each one of the microservices and it can handle lots of different business cases through uh, abstracting now, one of the disadvantages to the abstract factory is that you, which way do you go? 
Uh, do you go the abstract method approach or do you go the abstract factory approach? Or do you just go to a factory model, simple factory model, where you're mapping based on some sort of pattern? And I guess that depends on um, how readable the code is and how understandable it will be, become. And so that, that is a, I like to use the repository pattern for the data because everything is uh, in one area. But I did notice that my code was getting excessively complex when I was starting to handle more cases <clears throat> and I did have some uh, non-reusability because I hadn't abstracted out um, the store, the code into a stored procedure. And so th that's one of the things I was uh, debating is, should I spend more time building store procedures uh, and, and then keep the middle layer really light in terms of of uh, extracting data and keep the link code just pretty much to extract the data from the store procedure and then map that into the business function. So if that was the approach to take, I would say that's probably means that I need to spend more time writing SQL uh, store procedures. <clears throat> and then you could do your error checking over there then you can do lots of the steps to doing the data extraction but if you know if you if getting access to the database is difficult then what you want is um, the object layer because once you have the objects then you can pull the data into list or collections and then using link you can uh, merge the data or intersect the data or uh, union the data. So there, there's lots of link capability at the object level. And I'm not really sure which way to go. I've seen it in both ways where there was lots of uh, store procedures and I've also seen it where there's lots of link code. And at first I was thinking, you know, keeping the the code at the link level made more sense because um, it would be more flexible and more rapid to make your changes and then you could unit test those changes um, uh, to, to get the reliability. But if you're a really large organization and you want really stable and reliable code, then maybe the approach to take would be to use the stored procedures, and then you get um, you know all the <coughs> all the reliability on the on the server side, and then that becomes kind of a um, if there is a problem, then you could debug it at the server level. So. Um, those are just some thoughts that I had concerning uh, uh, Entity Framework.